Well, have you ever asked God why? Why? God, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening now? Why are you doing this, God? I'm guessing we all have at some point in our lives. Why me? Why now? Why this? And perhaps people are asking why God right now more than ever before. I saw a tweet this week as I was reading an article, and it was talking about all the things going on right now, obviously, with the coronavirus. But it was also referring back to some of the other major national events and issues over the past two decades. But what struck me about this was at the very end of the tweet, this person said this, what did we ever do to you, God? What did we ever do to you? Why, God? It's a common question. It's a really common question, in fact. And if you didn't know, it's actually a question that Jesus himself asks as he's on the cross. And as we consider the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ tonight, that's what I want us to talk about. And in the end, you'll see it's not a bad question to ask. God can handle our questions, right? But but it requires understanding. If you have a Bible close and want to look at this up close, turn with me to Matthew chapter 27, the end of the chapter, verse 45 through 50 is what I'm going to read. And it says this, Matthew 27, verse 45, I'm reading tonight out of the NIV, but it says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Tonight, I really want us to meditate for a while on that one phrase primarily, that one question in verse 46. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, it says. He screamed it. Maybe he shrieked it. My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? Here we have Jesus asking the why God question. And when we understand more about what's going on with this question, we'll understand the reason for his death more deeply. Why did God forsake Jesus? There's the question. Why did he? I think the beginning of the answer to this is to realize that what Jesus is saying here is actually a Bible verse. He's quoting Scripture, Psalm 22, verse 1. We we almost constantly forget that, or else many of us, we've never even heard that before. We didn't realize that at all. He cried it, he screamed it, but he was actually quoting a Bible verse, which actually shows right off the bat that he did know what was going on. I don't think Jesus was confused. He knew what was happening, and I don't even, I don't think he was angry, although he was certainly in pain and in agony. But he was quoting scripture, 
And Psalm 22 is a psalm of David. And it's one of the most puzzling and even shocking psalms in the whole book of Psalms. Why is that? Well, King David wrote a lot of the psalms, actually. And the psalms that David wrote very often reflected difficult times in his life. And there were some pretty awful times in his life. So there's Psalm 57, which he wrote when he was fleeing from Saul into a cave. Or Psalm 51 that was written after his adultery with Bathsheba. But so we get to the events of Psalm 22, and I just, I'm perplexed. In fact, I loved this study. I've never studied Psalm 22 as in-depth as I did this week, looking, um, looking at this, preparing for tonight. But when did the events of Psalm 22 ever happen to David? Let me just read you some of the statements from Psalm 22. Listen closely here. So again, verse 1, Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then verse 7. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Verse 14, I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. This is all found in Psalm 22, which King David wrote. And my question is, when did this ever happen to David? When did anybody ever pierce his hands and his feet? When were people ever encircling and surrounding David? And what the commentators all say about Psalm 22 is that this is not describing an illness. It's not even describing some sort of general persecution. You know what this is describing? It's describing an execution. Did any of this ever happen to David? No, it didn't. And therefore, Jesus, by crying this out, is saying, by the Holy Spirit, David was pointing to me. I'm being executed. Judgment is coming down on me. See, an execution is not just a tragic death. It's a punishment. And so that's number one tonight. Why is this happening? Jesus is taking a punishment. But still, think about that for a second. A punishment for what? We'll come back to that in a minute. The other thing I want you to to see tonight is the darkness. Look with me again at the passage of verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Now, if you really begin to study the Old Testament in depth, you'll begin to see and understand what darkness means when God sends darkness. Here, listen to this. Amos chapter 8, verse 9 and 10. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will make that time like morning for an only sun and the end of it like a bitter day. Darkness means God's judgment. And when it says that it came over all the land, in verse 45, it's a sign of the fact that God's judgment is over the whole human race. All of us deserve punishment, and it's got to come down somewhere. You know, you can't, here's the main thing tonight, you can't understand the reason why God forsook Jesus. 
You can't understand the cross unless you understand judgment and punishment. Two words we just don't like very much. But you will never understand the reason why God forsook Jesus unless you understand this, that all human beings stand guilty before God and deserve judgment and punishment because of our sinful rebellion. Now that is a controversial statement, I realize, at least for some of you. And most modern people resist a statement like that because they don't want to feel guilty. All of our lives we're told, right, don't let anyone make you feel guilty. Don't let anyone tell you what you should believe and certainly don't let anyone make you feel guilty for what you believe or don't believe, right? We don't want to be told that we're guilty. We don't want to be accountable to God. Modern people tend to reject that. We want a loving God and not a God who brings punishment. We want a God who brings justice. But we just don't want a God that brings justice on ourselves, right? But we've got to be consistent here, right? If we want a God who's just, then that justness needs to come into our own lives and our, the sin in our own hearts. But you see, here's the good news Jesus took on the full weight of God's judgment and punishment, and he cried out. And it wasn't just the incredible pain and agony of the torture of crucifixion, although I cannot fathom that. It had to be excruciating. And yet it wasn't even just the tragedy of losing the connection to the Father for a moment, although that had to be a million times worse than the thing I, previously, I just mentioned. He was carrying the judgment and punishment of not just one person, but of the entire human race. He was paying the full price. Don't you see, was Jesus the guilty one? No. You and I were. And yet he came down to this earth, and he lived a perfect life, and he bore the full weight of our punishment. He did it for us. It's 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is one of my most favorite verses in all of Scripture. That God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Don't you see? Because of Jesus. In fact, you're, you're, just, you're not only forgiven for all of your sins, you also get, this verse says, the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Jesus didn't just die in your place to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. He was also perfectly obedient for you. He stands as your substitute in every way. So when God the Father looks at you and when he looks at me, all he sees is the perfection of Jesus. He sees the payment for sins committed, and he sees the life of perfect righteousness. Jesus is our perfect substitute. That's the essence of the gospel. So now let's just stand back for a moment and look again at this question just one more time. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did Jesus do it? Why did he do it? Why did he let God forsake him? You know, the easy answer might be, and this is totally inadequate, but the easy answer might be to give God the glory, right? But that doesn't cut it because Jesus had the glory of the Father in eternity past. He had it already, so why did he do it? Let me put it this way. What did Jesus get by coming to earth that he didn't have before? What did he get? Us. He got us. 
He came for you and for me. So from his body broken to his blood poured out for us, why did he do it? For you. He did it for you. Or make it personal tonight. Just say it for me. Would you say that even right now in the quiet of your heart? Just say, he did it for me. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died. He took on the punishment and the judgment that you and I deserve. Let's pray together. Father God, we need your grace tonight. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you that you paid a death penalty so that we don't have to. God, and you took the full weight of the sin, the judgment, the punishment. You took it all on yourself, and you bore the full weight of that, Father. And on the cross, you cry out, my God, why? But it's because somebody had to pay the price. And Jesus, you were the only person qualified to do it. You were the only sinless, righteous person, completely innocent. And so only you were qualified to take that price for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for a very, very good Friday. We love you, Lord. Amen.